Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 16 called Stacy Part 2. So as you may recall, Stacy is my first recurring guest. We first met her back in episode 11 where she brought us up to speed with her infertility story so far. And the things we talked about were her healthy daughter, Noah, who's now three, and then the three subsequent miscarriages she had. Also, we got into a lot of secondary infertility guilt she was feeling, and then what she and her husband Ari have chosen to do next. So now we're at that next point, this next check-in, where Stacy tells us about the IVF cycle that she has just started. So it's her first time doing IVF, and when we meet back up with her, she's on day nine of her stims, taking Gonal F and Menopore and all those amazing drugs. So without further ado, this is part two of Stacy's infertility story. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. Good. So this is a catch up with you, our second chat. And I wanted to see when we last spoke, you were, you had just gotten all the drugs to start IVF. And I think you were going to start the day after we chatted. So fill me in. Where are you at right now? Yeah. So I am on day nine of IVF. So I'm still doing all of the injections going in for daily appointments and it's looking like my egg retrieval is going to be in three days. So okay. I have to go back in tomorrow for one last like confirmation that that's the plan. And okay. Then, yeah. so can you remind me of kind of the schedule and for maybe the people who are, who are listening, who are thinking about doing IVF, who've never done it. What have you been doing for the past nine days? Yeah. Um, so the first, I want to say it was the first five days I had two injections that I had to do every night and you have kind of like a four hour window that you have to do them. So one of them is called Gonal F mm. and the other one is Menopore. Yep. And those are both to like grow your eggs. And then, and the Menopore is awful. Um, but What's but so awful have, about it? Is that the one that's the bigger needle? It burns. Okay. Okay. So the needle, what the needles for none of them are that bad, but that's the one that you have to mix. So I have to like, so I feel like I'm, you know, have my own lab in my bathroom and I was really shaky the first few days. And now like everybody tells you that you get really good at it. Uh I definitely feel that way. That's definitely true. But that one burns a lot. And a friend of mine who had gone through it gave me the advice to ice my stomach before I do that one for like 10 minutes. So I kind of have a routine down where I'm like icing my stomach while I'm mixing the meds and then do that injection um, and then do the gonal one, which is pretty easy. And then Around, it was like day five or day six, I had to start doing the Cetricide morning ones, mm-hmm. which you have to do at the same exact time every morning. So I'm getting up at 5.30 in the morning so that I'm ready to go at 6 a.m. Yeah, so I've been doing that one the last three mornings. Okay. Um, and that's to make sure that I don't, like now that the eggs have grown, I don't want to lose them. So that kind of like keeps them all in. Okay. My- 
kind of dumbed down way of are you, explaining it. But. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Are you, ma- yeah. are you using any sort of a system to keep track of everything? Because I remember just feeling super overwhelmed and so worried that I was going to like screw something up and miss oh a window. I mean, it's so complicated. How are you keeping yeah. track of everything? So my doctor's office gave me a calendar and I'm, we printed that out, put it up on a cabinet. And then I'm like marking off in huge red X's every time I make it through a day. And I'm kind of updating that calendar, like writing down appointment times, writing down like any change in medication amounts. So yeah, I mean, I also think that part of it is like, it's built up so much in my mind that like, I'm not really going to (laughs) forget. Right. Because I mean, it's maybe the most important thing you've ever had to remember (laughs) or one of the most important things. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think we, we talked about this last time too, that I do remember going into it thinking, wow, this is so complicated and there's so many steps and there's so much room for error. It's amazing that it ever works for anybody because I feel like there's so much, but then again, maybe they make it seem like there's not much margin for error and maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room and they just don't want to tell you that. I don't know. I know. Like, I wonder about that too. Yeah. I, I mean, really I guess spilled the menopore like the second night that I did it and it was oh, no. devastating because I was like, no, I, this is like hundreds of dollars. Oh, like I yeah. missed a dose. So I had to just redo it and it was fine. But um, yeah, like each drop yeah, is $35. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I was like, I probably didn't really need to just scrap it and do it over. But I was like, I feel like I spilled enough of this that. I should just scrap it. Right. And then there's that thing of like, what if I spilled just enough that it isn't going to work because I screwed it up? Like that's so nerve wracking too. Yeah. I remember that. So are you able to keep this from your little one is, or is, is she like on to you? Like, mommy, why are you giving yourself shots? (laughs) Luckily she hasn't seen anything so far. So we kind of do it where Ari will handle bedtime and that's when I go do the shots. Okay. Yeah. Have you had any instances where you've been out when you were supposed to do the shot and you had to take it with you or like do it somewhere strange or have you kept everything kind of local? I've stayed at my house. So yeah, um, we were supposed to go somewhere this weekend and I think I'm just going to stay home because I'm like, I just don't want to travel with them. Like, especially Mm -hmm. if I had to do the trigger shot, I'm like, I don't want to like fuck that up at all. You had said, we emailed a little bit this week just to check in and you said that it was definitely harder than you thought it would be, but you're getting through it. So can you tell me what were your expectations and what, what's been harder about it? And I guess on the flip side too, has anything been easier or not as stressful or complicated as you were expecting? So I knew it would be hard, but I think going into it, I was like, it's going to be somewhere between eight to 12 days. Like I can do anything for that amount of time, you know? And I was kind of like looking at it that way. Like I just got to power through it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's like one of the medications, um, I think it's the menopause makes me really nauseous. My stomach is so tender from the different shots. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously like the bloating it's, I'm exhausted. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like all of these physical symptoms that I like to a degree expected, but they're a lot more present than I really like realized that they would be. And it was probably around like day five or day six that the hormonal, like emotional side kicked in. And and that was really hard. I feel like I've actually been like pretty even keel throughout it, but just, you know, I, I think 
you go in and you do these shots every single night. And then now I'm doing them in the morning. And it just kind of, I've been trying to balance in my mind, like, I want to be hopeful. Like, I hope that this works, but Mm -hmm. I also want to anticipate that like, it might not. And I want to prepare myself for that. But I don't actually think that's the right mindset to go into it. Cause I think that was kind of overpowering everything, the like preparing for failure. And, and I just got really hit hard. Like, what if I'm doing all of this, like we're spending all of this money, like, you know, all of these changes, the hormonal stuff, like everything. And we don't, and it doesn't work. So that has been a challenge, just kind of that mental, like, I know that it's possible that it might not work. And just trying to figure out how to not dwell on that mm-hmm. has been pretty tough. Yeah. So. Are you talking to anybody about that? Or like, have friends been really supportive or your husband or how yeah. are you dealing with all that? Yeah. So luckily the day that I kind of had, and this was like the day that my emotional swing kind of happened, it was also the first checkup I had where you have to do the ultrasound. Every time I go in, it's an ultrasound and blood work. And I'm like, I'm just getting poked and prodded all the time. I know you feel like a bit of a science experiment, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I was kind of just like down in general. And luckily I had therapy scheduled for that night. And so I'm talking to my therapist and she actually kind of helped frame it for me in a better way. Um, you know, she asked me, she was like, well, what are you doing this for? Like, why are you doing this? And I was like, well, because we want another kid. And she was like, okay, well, like, let that be your motivation. Like you can't plan to fail no matter what happens. Like if this doesn't work, it's going to be equally shitty. Like whether or not you planned for that or expected it or, Mm -hmm. you know, so that kind of helped me because now I'm like, every time I give myself, like go in to prepare the shots, I'm like, I am doing this because we want another kid because we want a bigger family and kind of like reframing it, like the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. That's good. Yeah, that's good. It's hard. It's hard sometimes to not do exactly what you're doing and and prepare yourself for failure because you kind of want to protect yourself too a little bit. Yeah. But then you're like conflicted because you're like, well, I don't want to worry about something until I have to worry about it. So you don't want to put yourself in that mindset. I, I remember having a really big challenge with that too is like, what mindset am I supposed to be in? I don't want to be too hopeful. I don't want to be pessimistic. You know, you just, you kind right. of want to protect yourself and, and it's really tricky. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of like, you know what? Like, I just have to be hopeful. Like I just, that's the only way I can get through it. Like I have to think that this is going to work. If it doesn't, we will deal with it then. But like, it's not helpful at all for me to like, let myself go there. It doesn't mean that I don't like, like go there sometimes, like, of course, you know, it happens, but I just always try to like reframe it and, and kind of just think about the positive. So, um, you know, and then I've had some friends that have been like really, you know, checking in and helpful. Um, my sister has been amazing. My mom, obviously Ari. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard because it's making me understand too, like, God, people just like, don't know how to talk about it. Since you're in the midst of this, I think it might be really helpful to listeners who are going through it or about to go through it or thinking about it. What are some things that people have said to you that have maybe been helpful or supportive? And then the opposite, like, is there anything that we could advise people, you know, cause you're right. People don't know what to say. And I think 
most people do want to be supportive, but some people don't want to talk about it at all because they don't know what to say. Being in the midst of it, can you advise, here's what works, here's what definitely doesn't work? Yeah. Um, so let me think about what has worked. I think checking in like, and being like blunt about it, like how are things going with IVF? Like not just, you know, checking in and saying hi, but like actually talking Mm -hmm. about it. Acknowledging that you're going through it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just even like asking about like what the process is like, you know, kind of like showing curiosity or interest in it because I really didn't know that much about IVF before Mm -hmm. recently. And it's a lot more than I thought it was. So, you know, like there's some people who like thought that I just go to the doctor every couple of days and get an injection. And I'm like, oh no, it's definitely not that. I had one friend who offered to like come help me with my shots. Um, I didn't take her up on that, but it was really sweet. That's Um, so sweet. Yeah. And she's been through it and she has been really just, you know, like helpful to talk about some of the same stuff that we've talked about now and just kind of like reassuring me, like, this is all really normal. Like all of the stuff that you're feeling is really normal. So yeah, I think just not shying away from it. And um, even just an awareness that like, this is a lot, um, a lot on your body and emotionally. And, you know, for people who may be listening, who haven't been through it and don't know much about it, I think just showing that you're there, you know, or even being like, I don't know what to say. I don't know the right thing to say. Admitting that I think helped me too is like, cause I was like, I don't know what to say either. And I don't know what I want to hear, but I love you for checking in, you know, nobody really knows what to say. It's awkward. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what now what's next? Your retrieval will be soon. A couple days you think? Yeah. A couple days, hopefully. Okay. And then, and I, I don't know, we kind of have an idea of like how many eggs I will have, but it's, it's sort of on the lower side of the normal range that they were expecting, which is obviously disappointing. And they can tell that from the ultrasounds or the sound? Yeah. From the ultrasounds. Okay. And then we just hope that as many as possible make it to day five and then they freeze them or yeah, they freeze, they biopsy them, Mm -hmm. freeze them. And then of the biopsied samples, they send those off to be tested. Okay. So Uh, you're going to do the genetic testing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So also since we last talked, I met with the genetic counselor um, from the lab that we're going to use. And we found out that with the like translocation issue that we have, if I were to conceive naturally, it's actually a 12% chance of a healthy baby Mm. which is lower than we thought also. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, we're just hoping we get as many eggs as possible so that we like, you know, we're just praying for one. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we are sending you all the baby vibes and all the good luck. I think it's just really helpful to, to do this as you're going through it, you know, so people can hear in real time. This is how it is. Yeah. You know? Now it's just kind of like making it to the retrieval and yeah, yeah, checking in after that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much again for being so honest and open. And like I said, we are sending you all the luck and the good juju and all that stuff. <laughs> we will talk very soon. Okay. So sounds thanks great. again. Thanks again for doing this, Stacey. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Okay. 
Okay, so that was Stacy, and we will check back in with her in a handful of weeks. In the meantime, I wanted to thank you guys so much for being avid listeners, for sending amazing messages and all the great feedback. And if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you could go to the podcast page on Apple, rate and review. It takes two seconds, and it gives us a lot more exposure and a lot more earballs get to hear this. So thank you so much, and I will talk to you next time.